Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Demon Land podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and joining me tonight, as he does each and every week, is my co-host, Grape Viney. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, Andy. Thank you. Um, and back by popular band, you might know him as Demon Blog on Twitter. He is the author of The Great Depression, uh, dare I say, part one. And he is known on Demonland as Super Mercado. Good evening. How are you? Oh, if you didn't expect anything good in the first place, it's hard to be too disappointed. <laughs> well, yes, um, I can uh, sympathise with that. And uh, joining us now on the back of the uh, welcome game uh, that was held at the MCG this week is uh, co-founder of Sports Host, uh, Darren Walls. Uh, welcome to the Demonland podcast, Darren. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Um, so, Darren, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your company and uh, its relationship with the Melbourne Football Club? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, sports Host connects visitors to see live sports around the world. So just think if you're flying into Madrid and you want to see an El Clasico game, uh, we'll hook you up with some locals. You can go out and have some red wine first, go to the game with them, and then you know probably be eating tapas until one in the morning. So it's about getting that authentic experience and we want sports fans to be able to travel like other people can't and and the one thing that we know about sports is that it breaks all the boundaries um so it doesn't matter who you are whether you're rich you're poor you're white you're red you're orange it doesn't matter about anything sports breaks the boundaries and brings people together and and that's what we love about it and um We've been working with uh, the Melbourne Football Club now for uh, over a year, uh, which has been one of the most exciting things that's uh, happened to us. They were early adopters, and as you know, with the welcome game, it's been going, I think this was the fourth year this year. So they've had a real philosophy about owning the name Melbourne and owning Melbourne and, and really welcoming new fans into the club. And we, we met and we just, you know, it just really made sense that we worked together. And I've got to say, um, it's been one of the funnest rides we, we've ever had. And, uh, you know, if we had just gone across the line on last weekend, it would have been the perfect day, but it was it was great in so many other ways. And, um, you know, we've, we've had such great connections with the Demon Army, um, the Ruby Demons, um, and all the fan groups that uh, it's just amazing to see people from overseas that have never seen AFL or international students in Melbourne come along and and just the way they they're brought into the club and see AFL AFL they just love it you know and we've already had people sign up as members um, to Melbourne which is which has been fantastic um, because they they just you know have, have just loved what they've seen. I heard you say we uh, are you a, a demon or um, or just because well, of the association? Well, I I, I sort of am now in the sense that. Um, I, I was a Fitzroy supporter, and so I've never really changed the allegiances. But I, I'm, a, I'm a Brisbane Lions fan. But working with Melbourne now, it's just become we. And um, I'm at the games, and um, you know, I know the theme song now, and, and it's just become part of what we do, right? So, um, and I, I think it's converting my family as well. So, if you see the mugs with Ryan and Susan and the Demon Army, it's it's pretty hard not to get completely enthused about it all. What what made what made you choose uh, the demons? Was it just because they were the ones that were sort of welcome to this idea of coming on board first, or uh, was there something about the the, the club in particular? Uh, there, there was it was the name and the MCG that was was something that we really identified. 
Um, and then it was I was working with Brendan at the Sports Museum, and he um, he introduced me to the club, and um, you know, and it was just right from that first meeting that um, you know there was we were heading down the same paths, um, you know, and it was you know they had exactly the same ideas in that um, you know owning Melbourne and and really um, making sure that the the club could. You know, maximise what really is a big competitive advantage for them. And everyone around the world knows the MCG. And it's funny when you talk to international visitors and international students and people in town, is they love the name Melbourne, right? So straight away, that's... Um, and I think we've got a one of our um, international students to become a member. In one of our videos, she says that I fell in love with the city, um, the club that is the city, and it's it's something that comes off their tongues. So uh, it was just it worked well. Is the idea to expand this concept to other clubs and other sports? Oh yeah, and uh, it's available. Sports hosts available to all um, sports uh, and you know hosts at the moment. So whatever um, team or sport you follow, you can host someone and take them to your sport. Uh, we work specifically with with Melbourne, uh, but we will be bringing on other clubs. But it's about giving Melbourne and and working with our partner, and that's one of the things we decided right from the beginning, is having that you know eighteen months, you know almost two years lead on every, everyone else in um, what we're doing. So we're always uh, going to have you know um, there's going to be a lot of direct benefits to the to the club that will be ongoing. But yeah, we're expanding out, and we've just. Um, picked up two teams um, internationally um, in the United States. Um, so it will expand globally because that's one of the things too. For for hosts, it's about how do you build your global network. And, you know, we've all got other teams around the world. Um, and this is how, you know, if I host someone here, I can get, you know, that reciprocation and go back overseas, and, and which I've done and which is mind-blowing, I've got to say. I've, I've gone to see... Sports and teams that and places that I thought I never would, um, and and have just much such great friends. And you know, one of my co-founders is a mad Liverpool fan. To to you know, um, to go to Liverpool with local supporters that that's you know that's what made his life right. So that's the thing about sports hosts. We want to extend it to all sports fans across the world because I think that's where the real value is in it for us. Do you have to screen your hosts? Because I'm mild-mannered most of the time, but if you pair someone up with me, I turn into a raving lunatic for three hours on the weekend. The, we, we haven't had it so far, but the, the funny thing is is that it's it's pretty self-selecting. I mean, most people that uh, put their hands up for hosts are, are you know, in that hospital. You know they're hospitable. They want to do it. Um, the and the other thing is we people review um, the hosts and the travellers. So if there was anything ever untoward, um, it would come up straight away. It would never happen again. But having said that, it's just not been not been the problem because people that don't want to hang out with people don't put their hands up to host. Yep. So it's like an Airbnb for uh, football fans. Uh... That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's exactly it. You know? and, um, and like I said, it's just so much fun when you get the opportunity to also go and, and travel to places um, and, and see people. We took a guy to the races in Melbourne um, from Indiana. And, you know, so I went and saw the paces over there and it was never on my travel card to, to go to Indiana. 
Um, you know, and I've been shooting in Texas after after games, and I, I don't even like guns, but <laughs> you get opportunities to go and do things, and, and they just pop up because sport just does that. It, it you know, it introduces people in places you just otherwise wouldn't wouldn't get. You so, uh, so how many people did we did we bring in on uh, on Sunday? We had 12, 12 groups on Sunday um, hosting, and um, I think there was sort of two to five in each group. So I don't know, do the math. I, I can't I can go <laughs> off, the, off the top of my head. But it was, um, and we, we'll have a video up tomorrow of, of the, the hostings on our Facebook site and on our channels, and the people were just blown away. So the host, thing about Melbourne Football Club, the people that are hosting are hosting again. Right, so they're they're loving it, and um, and they're they're straight back in. Yeah. And how do people get onto you? Um, I actually did a, one of those trips um, over the summer. I went to Europe and uh, and saw a Barcelona game, and then a, an EPL game, and it cost me a small fortune uh, just in ticket prices. Obviously, how do people? How do you arrange that aspect of it? Uh, well, people just find us on site at, at sportsos.com. Um, with the AFL and with Melbourne in, in particular, a lot of Melbourne members, uh, um, a lot of Melbourne supporters are either members uh, of the club or the MCC. Um, so if you if you are sitting in reserve seats, um, you can book guest seats as an MCC member or as a, a Melbourne Football Club member. Um, and with, through the site, you have a messaging system. So you, you just put it up in your game day description that you'll need to – it's a reserve seating and if there's – you know, yep. um, you need to wear a collar or whatever it is. And um, and then they just message through the platform, make sure the tickets are arranged. But what we've had a lot of members do is just say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy to go to GA and take them down and sit next to – near the um, the, the um, Demon Army, right? So. Yep. Um, and if it's gen- general admission, it's really simple. People just, you know, they can just buy a ticket and they they can uh, they can sit together. So it's all pretty simple. We haven't we thought that was going to be a big problem, to be honest. And people are finding it pretty easy. So and AFL AFL's cheaper than than EPL, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Is there any uh, costs involved in uh, either becoming a host, but with the exception of getting the ticket or whatever, but uh, or, or trying to find a host? Um... A- absolutely not. There's, uh, and that's the thing, and that'll always r- remain. Um, is that um, th- this is where we want authenticity? People are able to connect around the world. We don't want tour products, or we don't want people paying for things. This. This is, um, you know, it's not Airbnb experiences, right? So um, there's no cost either way. Um, One thing that there is is that we try and reward and recognise the the host. So um, we've got a competition going at the moment that um, if you sign up to be a host, and it's only Melbourne Football Club, um, you can win a trip to anywhere in the world of your choice to see any sport of your choice in a home and away season game. You know, we, we can't afford Super Bowl tickets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so and we had a, you know, we had an event after the welcome game that the club um, put on as well. Um, you know, we've got another event uh, after round 23 that Melbourne Football Club's putting on as well. Um, and so... We try and, you know, recognise the host. And the other things that, that the that happen is that the Demon Army are taking people out onto the ground to go and do the banner. 
And so hosts are getting an opportunity to do that with the with the guests. And I've got to say, you're talking about supporters that, you know, have been there for so long and they just cannot believe they're out in the ground, um, you know, holding up the banner and so forth. So we're constantly thinking of ways that, that people get benefits, you know, from hosting. Um, you know, and we're always, you know, coming up with other ideas. Um, how many fan, do you, you mentioned earlier about someone who had purchased a membership as a result of this? Uh, do you do you have any idea of how many fans you've converted? Well, everyone, and that's the tricky thing that there is. Everyone says they're converted a yeah. day. Um, the it's it's about following that up. But we're seeing, uh, and the Ruby Demons have had quite a few where they've had repeat visitors keep coming back. Um, we've had um, members sign up. And we're just putting together with the club, um, you know, an offer that's going out. So as soon as people um, host, they get offers to other games. We've, we've been a bit slow on getting that commercial side up. But that's one thing we want to make sure that we we are converting people and they are coming back to the next game because they're really excited at that when they've had that first experience. So it's now it's about grabbing them straight after that. And are you aware that by partnering with the Melbourne Football Club, you are dooming a whole new generation of people <laughs> for a lifetime of disappointment? <laughs> hey, I'm a Fitzroy supporter, right? So, so I, I, you know, I, 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 um, I get it, right? So, um, but no, people, look, it's seriously, and I think Caden McDonough, I don't know if you know the, the podcaster, um, and he, he did a, a hosting on the weekend, and he said, like, it was the greatest fun he ever had at a, at a, at a losing game. So, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe it's a good thing for Melbourne, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so um, uh, it, how could, you mentioned the website. So how can, if someone wants to, who's listening to this wants to become a host, and uh, uh, I assume it's for the home games, how can they do that? Uh, if they go to, go to the website, www.sportshost.com, um they can um there'll be a become a host um tab at the top they just click on that and go through that but they can also um ring us directly if you go down to the bottom of the site there's a contact number there and you know if you if you just want some help filling it out and doing it we'll we'll do that for you so we'll make it as easy as we can all right, great. That, that sounds fantastic. I really, I really like what you're you're doing. Uh, you know, especially because it's bringing in new people to the to the demons, and uh, we can do with every uh, membership that uh, that gets purchased. And if you're going to convert a few fan new fans by bringing them along, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. So um, yeah, thank you very much, and th- thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, and, and and thank you. And I want to say the Melbourne Football Club's got the scarf swap yep. on at the moment. <laughs> and that has been, you know, people love that on the weekend. So for members out there, I think get involved in that scarf swap. That is just a great way to get people branded um, Melbourne Football Club. Um, and just before I go, I'd love to say thanks to the club for letting us letting us work with them and to you know the demon army and the ruby demons and all the supporters the ballarat the central victoria supporter groups and stuff it's just fantastic we love melbourne so thanks for having us on not a problem thank you uh for coming on and uh yeah keep up the the good work excellent thanks guys thanks darren bye-bye well, that was um, that was Darren Walls uh, from Sports Hosts, and um, yeah, get a, get along if you want to uh, host someone. Uh, go to uh, sportshosts.com dot com, and um, yeah, 
convert a couple of other fans to a lifetime of misery. If if we're <laughs> going to have to experience it, guys, what do you think? Uh, we should bring in a few uh, few new people. I don't like the chances of uh, Darren's enthusiasm and joy of life being replicated uh, for the rest of this program. <laughs> yes, no, certainly not. Uh, that was the upbeat part of the program, and uh, <laughs> we're in for some misery now as we talk about I'm the, not sure the about that Round 23 event that he's preparing either. That could turn into a wake. Um, well... I, I, unless our unless our uh, our uh, fate is sealed well, long before uh, it, round twenty three, it very well could be sealed before then, and we might talk about uh, ladder predictors later. I know that uh, Super Mercado is um, is on top of all of that uh, as part of his Bradbury plan, um, that, which I should point out has been suspended this week due to the disgraceful <laughs> scenes on the weekend. Well, I'm uh, willing to discuss the final uh, the final version of the plan. Um, well, we will discuss that a bit later. Um, uh, just on what Darren was talking about, the, the scarf swap. Does anyone want a 2012 version of the uh, of my uh, scarf collection? Because uh, that one got it copped a beating. <laughs> I reckon if they dredge the Yarra, they'd probably find about 150 more <laughs> and a few bikes as well. Um, all right. So uh, the game on the weekend. Uh, what what went wrong, boys? Uh, can anyone pinpoint the exact moment that uh, things went yes. awry? <laughs> yes, I can, actually, because we started uh, pretty well. We were dominating, Absolutely. not converting all chances, but we uh, managed to get a few on the board. And then what happened is they kicked a point and we mucked up about was three or four consecutive kick-ins and gave them three or four chances at it. And eventually they converted, and that's when the game changed. Um, go back over the tape. It's three or four mucked-up kick-ins in a row uh, midway through that first quarter. Um, uh, and then they got their tails up. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was uh, Jordan Lewis took the majority of those kick-ins, did he not? And I'm not sure he's the best person to be taking the kicks. It, I would say no as well on that front, especially that one that stuffed straight down us and killed a player's throat. 30 metres out uh, yeah. and was fortunately missed. Yes. Possibly unfortunately missed. Maybe if he'd kicked it, the uh, the rest of the game wouldn't have gone the same as it did. Uh, I noticed in the first few minutes when we were uh, really had them pinned back um, in their own defence, they were doing all these like insane switches that were only either just coming off or not coming off, like falling short or missing the target. Mm. And then the moment they got on top, did, did they ever do that again for the whole game? They seemed to just go forward and just carve us up left, right, and centre. It's almost like they went, hold on a minute, we don't need to switch it, we'll just yep. run straight past them. Well, one of the one of the things I put in the show notes was about the work rate, and uh, I think it was Gary Lyon on the, uh, on the couch uh, sort of highlighted a number of incidences uh, where a couple of our players were just not manning up, they weren't running to, to cover their men. Um, it, it was... Pretty much the uh, the order of the day. I mean, what what's happened there? Why why is it laziness? What what is it that um, you know we've got guys that that as Gary said look cooked. Yeah, especially when we played the same team several weeks ago. It's not like St Kilda are a complete mystery to us. Um, does this factor into this this view that we're now pr- practically no good at the MCG? Carlton massacre aside. Yeah, what 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 is it? Is it the G? Is it, are we not 
any good. I mean, you go and have a look at our um, who we've beaten this year, and I know we had some really great uh, victories against terrible teams where we killed them, but in the end, w- w- we haven't beaten anyone of note, uh, North Melbourne uh, aside, but they're not even in the eight at the moment. Um, maybe we're not as good as we th- we think we are. We're certainly slow as treacle. I think that's uh, that, that factors into it. Um, we just really lack quick players almost anywhere on the ground. Uh, and I think it's almost, you know, we should have got a, we should have had a hint when Billy Hartung showed up and played a half like Robert Flower um, <laughs> against North Melbourne, where he was just dashing off and just basically unstoppable. And then fortunately we put him to bed after half time. He did that but in I the pre-season too, didn't he? Very vulnerable to quick play. Did it in the in the JLT as well, Hartung. Yep, very vulnerable to to quick players. Um, I think football skills may be optional as long as you can run quick against us. Uh, what's the solution to that? I know we don't have um, uh, we don't have Hunt. He's he's still injured, but his form uh, before the injury wasn't great. Um, you know, I know we've got uh, Baker, but he's young and inexperienced. Um, Where's our pace going to come from? I don't think we we have it. Um, Billy Stretch is quick, but um, again, not, form. Billy Stretch is not that quick no, either. I think he's just. Um, I mean, no, he's a runner, but he's yeah. not lightning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In attack, you don't need to be lightning, um, but defensively, you need to have the work rate, obviously. Um, but it's certainly a bit of a different side. To how it was, you know, twelve or eighteen months ago, when you did have Hunt uh, running off half back, and you even had Frost running from the back line too. And look, that was pretty, you know, kamikaze, um, crazy brave type strategy, particularly when Frost had the ball. But um, yeah, it's it's a um, a much slower back line these days but than it we, was then. We've almost got. We've got a full, pretty much a full complement to, to choose from. We, do, we don't have many injuries. Uh, Lever was certainly missing, but he wasn't there last year. I mean, last year we had injuries, well, not even not injuries galore, but we had some key players injured for parts of the year, and we were still playing better than I think we are this year. Have we gone backwards? I think other teams have gone forwards. Okay. <laughs> more, so, more so. Like, I, I think we are treading water. I don't think it's terrible compared to last year. Obviously, we've had a lot higher highs yep. than last year. Not yet, I would say, a lot lower lows because it's hard to compare to around 23. No. Uh, but but I think we're, we're just treading water uh, at the moment. Lever, obviously, that's a big loss. Uh, but even st- – let's look at l- – instead of just hanging it on the defenders – um, and the slow, slower players down the field. What about the forward pressure? None. If we keep the yeah. ball down there longer or we put more pressure on teams bringing it out of defence, you would like to think that they're not going to be able to set up this lightning warp speed move from one end to the other, which we've been copying all year. There's even – it's often, even in the last couple of years, has been a case of if we've got the ball, we look good. The moment the other side get the ball – they're running in numbers on their own down the field. Um, and so I don't think it's a new phenomenon. I just think this year, in those weeks where we were poleaxing teams, 
we were covering it up because we were getting so much of the ball we, and we were scoring, scoring so highly. Well, that's ourselves. right. We, we were scoring highly ourselves, but we were the sixteenth over the year. We've been the sixteenth. Uh, in terms of easiest to score of once the ball comes out of there. And I think in the last three weeks, we're the lowest-ranked team uh, in that uh, stat. Well, so, yeah, sides are converting almost 60%, I think, of yeah, the inside 50, 50. I think it's 54% or something. Yeah. Right? So it's the highest that, and look, of anyone. But the, the other thing to say about the back line, and it isn't all the back line's fault, it's, uh, as Goody has said, it's team defence, but we've played 14 weeks and the backline has basically been in a state of flux for about half of that time. The first four weeks, they were getting used to Lever, yep. and it didn't gel. There was a few weeks when it came together nicely. Lever hit his straps, and uh, Hibbert and Nev, and they're all working together really nicely. But then since Lever's gone down, we've had three weeks of still trying to now readjust again. So that's half the season where the backline's really been messed up even though essentially you've got the same elements that you had um, last year, uh, minus Lever. There's not a lot of creativity coming out of the back line either. Like, I think they're all they're all solid. Like I, I sense there's been a bit of a turn on Oscar recently, but I really don't know what, pe- what more people would want from him no. in that situation. He has obviously hasn't played as well, but neither have any of them. But you've got Oscar is a meat and potatoes defender. Um, Jetta, Lewis, they're you know, more your short passing options. It's really only Hibbard who has, is any danger of bursting out of defence, hitting a target long, unless you start to work someone like Fritch back there um, who could sort of do a little bit of what Hunt did. So it's, it makes it harder to get the ball out of the back line in the first place, thus leading to, um, you know, it, more opportunities for it to go down there. And therefore... If you're the easiest team to score against, more scores. Yeah, and I think we're still going to be tinkering with the uh, back line uh, in the in the coming weeks. I, I don't know. They, do you think we will talk changes uh, later? But I think maybe uh, they might uh, make some more changes. Um, do you think Petty will hold his uh, spot? I mean, he certainly looked uh, out of his depth this week, but he's a first gamer. I, I don't know what the obsession with keeping Sam Frost out is. Look, he mm. didn't star when he came in this year, uh, this earlier this year. But I, th- I, I do think he'd be a better option to try than Petty. Um, you know, it wasn't a great debut. He's young. He'll be back. Uh, but I think for now, this is not a game that we can take lightly, um, especially the location, uh, because if we lose to Frio, Sands, Sanderlands, Fife. And with the the added impact of the sold to Darwin home game, uh, you might need to put on another couple of servers because the internet's <laughs> going to melt down. So there is no time to be cute at the moment. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's disappointing. I mean, uh, I don't know what the solution is, boys. Uh, I'm at a loss. I think my uh, MFC SS is. Is in overdrive at the moment. Um, I actually think we're going to come home strongly and finish the year off really well. You've been saying this all year, all year, and I'm yet to see it. Uh, and I think I said last week that it's possible we would drop one of the so-called easier games. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be against the Saints, but... Um, yeah, I think we might still click back together, and I think we might knock off 
some of those better ranked sides in those uh, final weeks. Even during the well, game, I haven't lost faith. I guess is what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think I have. But um, I, I kept thinking during the game that things were just going to click soon, and we'll we'll just kick into gear and and run the game out and run all over them. But it just it just never happened. Um, you know, we'd well, kick a goal. Not until there was two two minutes left no, on the clock. Was, yeah. It started then. But even before that, I thought we just got to you know it'll just mm. it'll click, and it just never did. And I thought. I, I thought at times we over handballed, and it was sometimes one handball too many, and uh, I don't know. And there was you know the players down. You got like Melksham is really important when we're going well. Yeah. Um, Wiedemann, oh, I love Wiedemann's endeavour, but he just doesn't get enough of the ball at the moment. Um, you know, kick seven against a glorified suburban team the week before, which is great, but. I think he's. I think his highest possession total in a game is about thirteen, and that was his debut. Um, and he's barely had double figures since. So, if he kicks the if he kicks the two shots he had, then you'd consider that an okay day. But you know, not being that, not providing that link up option, uh, and also not hitting the scoreboard when you can. I just think. I just think really it might be a um, an outdated concept, but it was like we didn't have a half forward line. What's the solution there? Do you, do we go back to the drawing board and bring in uh, Pedersen? Uh, do we persist with Wiedemann because Pedersen seems to be uh, well, ha- have Pedersen. undergone the old exit lounge conversion yeah. in position to a defender in the VFL? Did he so play I'd, defender this week? He did, yep. yes. Okay, so that's so that's, I, that's never a good sign. They're trying a plan B there. Correct. I, I would yes, say. I remember Tom Gillies, Troy Davis. <laughs> It's, this is I've seen this before. Mm. So I mean, it it doesn't. We don't have to play the three tools. Of course, you could always pull out Wiedemann. Um, we've got Max floating through there significant amounts of times during a game. Uh, then maybe it's the us. opportunity to. I don't want to jump jump the agenda and go straight to the changes. But even though Garlet hasn't shown much in the VFL, it might just be the time to go. He, this is your chance. Well, I I would have played him this week. I know, uh, as you said, I know he hasn't been playing the house down in the twos, but he's the type of guy that you could bring in. And I think we really lacked um, sort of a small, quick forward. Um, we played most of the start of the year with with two. Uh, you know, we had Spargo and Hannon. Um, I, I'd play him. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think and I hope that Hannon's the one that makes way for Jeffy this week. And I'd actually bring back both um, Spartacus and uh, and Jeffy. I saw most of the reserves game and he didn't um, didn't set the world on fire, but I thought he was okay, Jeffy. Um, I thought the effort for the most part was there, um, and he was he was going all right. Well, we can talk about uh, the Casey game. I didn't see it, so um, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um... Uh, Declan uh, Kelty didn't um, do his chances any harm. He was superb, marked everything that came down back, and what he couldn't mark, he spoiled. So he saw a lot of the ball and uh, uh, almost, uh, yeah, almost sort of won the game, basically. Because he um, repelled a lot of uh, a lot of their attacks. Um, well, I just asked the cheeky question of uh, Demon Lamb poster uh, drunken 
167, I think his uh, handle is. Um, whether he, you know, whether he thinks uh, Deck could uh, get selected, and he he seemed quite confident that he would be. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's on the cards. Um, uh, in Goodwin's presser, uh, I think he was asked today about uh, Oscar Baker, and he said he's in the mix. Uh, people are saying he was BOG um, or close to BOG. Uh, how yep. do you think he's? Think that could is it too early for him? He and Kelsey were definitely the two uh, sort of best players on the ground. Um, yeah, look, he got quite a bit of the footy um, and for the most part used it all right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And it's, you know, when you factor in um, how unpredictable Goodwin is at the selection table, it's it's impossible to, to know. I, th- I think that's probably, I look, I wouldn't pick him this week. Probably say one more. Um, in the VFL, unless they've got one of their 27 buys that they have every year in that competition. <laughs> uh, but I think it's it's a bit easier to to cover up than dropping someone into the tall defence position um, where they're going to potentially be exposed. I think someone in Baker, who's effectively going to be an outside runner, um, I think I think that's a bit easier just to throw them in the mix. And you know, the likelihood is they're going to get the ball um, and hopefully not, you know be able to not do too much damage if they're not up to standard yet. Um, so, I look, I definitely think look, if we lose this week, pick everyone. Pick everyone who hasn't had a game this week and let's just move on to next season. Um, but I think no matter what happens this week, I reckon Baker sh- should get a game in the next few weeks. Um, uh, Vince, they said, had a fantastic game. You know, obviously he's too good for uh, VFL level. But uh, the question is, is... Uh, does he come back in? Is he good enough for AFL level still? I kind of wish they'd done it the other way around and that um, Lewis had gone back to the seconds and Vince had stayed. I agree with that. Mm. Absolutely. Whether, whether you can do the swap now <laughs> um, a week later, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Vince was, was good on the weekend and uh, was also having a real crack and was true to his word that uh, he expected to go back to Casey at some point and he would, uh, you know, give it his all and he certainly did that on the weekend, so credit to him. Uh, well, good, good one in his press. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing. I just read the, um, read the Twitter stuff uh, talking about Lewis and, uh, well, I don't know if this is just typical of uh, Goodwin, but, um, you know, he says Lewis is an integral part of the, uh, the team, so... Look, I don't know. Um, Doesn't sound like a, uh, a well, back look, to Casey message, is it? He's not going. I don't think he would. Even if he was thinking of sending him back to Casey, I don't think he would uh, say it anyway. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's obviously an option. Uh, he the, the exact quote was: "Jordan Lewis is someone who is really important to us." So um, yeah, take that. Uh, take that for <laughs> however okay, you want to yeah. take it. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Um, uh, anyone else? Uh, they said, well, from what I read, Frost had a good game, so there's a possibility that he can might come in for Petty. Um, well, it was, it was an odd game to... Um, oh, I actually went because it's quite uh, quite close to my place, uh, but only stayed till half-time because it was freezing and, and pissing down <laughs> rain. And I saw about five of our seven goals because we were up five goals to nil. 
mm. um, in the second quarter till they got till the Bombers got a bit of a run on, uh, and until that point, it looked like we were playing better than when we played Coburg, and then after that, it sort of we sort of just ended up on the defence the whole time. So that's where um, you know Kilty and Frost came into their own, um, and the guys playing forward sort of <laughs> dropped off a bit. But it is a team with a lot of AFL-listed players, so it's it's a lot easier to take something out of that game than it is against Coburg. Um, there's a few of, well, I'm just going on what one of the posters, where D, uh, is, was saying, uh, but a few players, senior listed players, uh, he's listed as playing really poor, uh, Kent, uh, poor, really rusty, um, Kennedy Harris, no real impact, Balich, uh, in and out of the game, Bug, no real impact as well, um, uh, well, he also mentioned Garlic, uh, Garlic, 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 poor, really struggling at VFL level. I mean, these aren't good signs. Um, mm, I don't agree senior. with some they, of those. Some of the, all right, well, to their own. And I think on Garlic, like, he's a proven commodity. I think it's fair that he's, he's done his time in the twos. And I know you've got to earn the game, chuff, chuff, chuff. But as long as he's doing the team thing and the effort's there, even if he's not slaughtering the VFL... I just think we've got to we've got to bring somebody like that in, and we don't really have anybody else like that. Um, and I think as good as Fritch was on the weekend, I don't really want Fritch to be a forward because Fritch has shown a lot down the ground in the last few weeks. Yeah, um, so I would prefer to free him to to go elsewhere and be an option to go forward in an emergency and get someone else down there. And look, if we pull Garland in, he does nothing for a couple of weeks. We tried, yeah, yeah but I don't think. If if he is doing what the coaches want, oh, I don't think um, burying him in the VFL is going to get us anywhere. He's got a bit of that X factor about him. We know that he, what he can do, and we know <laughs> he can play really poorly at times. But I think we need to we need to throw him in there. Yeah, um, we need we need to know now, unless yeah. they've unless they've put the line through him, mm. which would be bizarre. Um, but who knows what's going on behind the scenes, then what's the point in, in you know, waiting the rest of the year to That's decide funny. what we're going to do with it? Yeah, it's funny because Cyril Rioli retired today and Jeff Garlett over his career has a better record than Cyril, um, a few more goals from slightly fewer matches. Um, and you think of the accolades that were heaped on Rioli today and a lot of them were were absolutely deserved, but um, Jeffy's kicked a lot, as as uh, Supermercado said, he's a proven commodity, he's kicked a lot of goals over many years. And it's not like, say, Hannon is fit and firing the last few weeks, he's been struggling, so you're not forcing him into a position that doesn't need yep. a player forced into it, you've yep. probably got, and Kent is obviously going to be a few weeks away before he can even be considered. Uh, yep. I just think that, yeah, Hannon is not playing well enough to stay in the team. There is no obvious replacement for Hannon in the VFL. So roll the dice and give Garland a go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rioli, uh, has anyone done a welfare check on Bruce McAvaney? <laughs> <laughs> uh... He was quite enamoured with Bailey Fritch in that uh, Port Adelaide game. So he might be the uh, the <laughs> replacement. Well, Bailey Fritch, he's got to be a lock for best first-year player, you'd have to think. Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm not seeing Spargo on this list that Weredy has has done. Did he not play? 
uh, no, it must have, must have been the uh, the emergency. The yes. Yeah, I reckon I saw. I reckon I took less of the game being at it because it was so rainy <laughs> and cold than I than I anybody watching it on television. I can't remember if he was there. All right. So, uh, well, if he didn't play, then uh, yeah, maybe look. I'm I'm all in for giving Gala to go, um, particularly going up to the top end as well. Um, I'm happy for him to play. It's going to be what's what's the forecast there this time of year? Apparently, the humidity. Sweaty. For Saturday is meant to be quite low relative oh, to right. what it normally is at this time of year. All right, very good. Um, According to my weather sources, <laughs> I can't say exactly who, but trust me. Oh, okay. Cloak and dagger stuff. You know, you know, we're not letting on the just in case Ross Lyon is listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. No. So the people at the bureau, they. Uh, they're very secretive about uh, about what's going on. All right. Um, <laughs> it was good to see uh, in the in uh, Goodwin's presser. Uh, he said it's exciting uh, to have Vandenberg and McKenna play in the VFL this weekend. So uh, that's good news. Um, McKenna, we've virtually seen nothing of, mm. um, but uh, Vandenberg. Uh, I hope they can get him up to fitness. I, I liked him whenever he played. Um, not the quickest guy, but used to get the ball and kick a couple goals. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, when we, when we last saw him, he was uh, he was playing much more as a forward yeah. uh, in his second year than he played in the midfield in the first year. So I dare say that uh, that's where it's heading again for him to um, to play as a forward. So it's good to have another option down there. Yeah. Uh, Should we, we discussed Mitch Hannon, who... Um, should be said had a four possession game, but uh, he, we can't go without commenting on Dom Tyson's three possession first half. Yep. When he kicked that goal on half time, that was his second kick, and he'd had one hand pass, mm. um, which is just staggering uh, for a midfielder and for someone who, uh, you know, only a couple of years ago. Um, was racking up, uh, you know, 25-plus um, without issue and kicking a couple of goals. Yeah, it's very disappointing. <laughs> um, you'd be hard to, to hold his place, you would think. Two, four weeks in a row. I guess, again, it's a case of who who um, who replaces him. Uh, I would definitely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, feel, he's on a it win, feels like is the where Fritch, where Fritch should be. Say that again, uh, uh, Great Whining. No, I just said he was playing on a wing, which is where Fritch should be. Yeah, no, yeah and that's the, if you if you clear Fritch out, and again, Fritch did. I thought Fritch was best on ground for us behind Gorn, but if you clear him out of the forward line and and give, get some run in the middle and the back half of the ground, and replace him down there, and then he gets more than three touches in the in a crucial first half, uh, it's a much better option. I was um, I was quite disappointed with um, uh, Angus Brayshaw. A couple of his disposals I thought were were subpar as well. And I'm a big fan of his uh, usually, but um, I reckon he panic disposes of it too often. Uh, it's it's all, a lot of the time it's just grab ball. How can I kick this ball forward? Um, which you know if you, again if the forward line is 
operating uh, to a high standard and they've got a lot of separation, as they like to say, on their opponents. That's one thing. But when we are in a gigantic cluster of defenders, um, he did seem to still manage to pick out free and Kilda players a couple of times. <laughs> yes, and he wasn't the only one either. No, absolutely uh, not. And I guess if you're, if you're panic bombing is almost the number one tactic of entry into our forward line, uh, that's other teams are just going to know to get men back there to intercept. Um, I uh, neglected to mention our, our phone number if anyone wanted to call uh, 0390163666. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six or Demonland thirty one on Skype. Um, yep, that's how you can get us. Um, well, where to from here, boys? Uh, ladder predicted ninth. time ninth. <laughs> Are we the new ninth man? Uh, I'd almost want to uh, end up twelfth and. <laughs> Ninth, but no, actually, I wouldn't because I don't want to give Adelaide a better draft picked pick than uh, than they deserve. So um, I, I, I think where it's going to come from now is you got our games. That's fine, but there are some absolutely crucial games between the other teams that are around us or involving the other teams that are around us. You got a North Melbourne West Coast game in Hobart that I'm sure when champion data factor in their percentages on, you know, who's more likely to make the finals, they factor that in as a West Coast win. Mm. Uh, but as we've seen North in in um, Hobart before, I, I think that almost, if everything goes as expected, would be the win that would put them over the top um, into the eight. And then you got, you know, Hawthorne versus Geelong. By the time that comes around, who knows which of those two teams we're going to want to win. So, so at the moment, uh, where the ladder stands, which teams do you want basically to win all their games? Obviously, probably the top four. We're, I think top four is out of our <laughs> reach yeah. now. So when looking ahead, we basically want the top four teams now to win all of their matches against um, the you know those teams we're competing with. Yeah, well, I, I, there's a lot of sort of suggestion that Collingwood are still down in our in our fight, but I think they're they're who, well past us. Who are they who are they play like I think it's an up and down sort of they've got a few um a few easy ones and then a few ones that don't really affect us anyway. Um but the thing is all the main contenders have got easy games in the last round. Adelaide's got Carlton, Geelong's got Gold Coast, yep, North's got St Kilda who although although the no. next big thing, St Kilda. Yeah. Uh, the only ones likely, and even then still unlikely, to affect us are Sydney Hawthorne and Collingwood Frio in Perth. But I think Collingwood will be well, well clear by that point. So I think it really does hinge on we've got to win either in Adelaide, in Geelong, or both, um, or knock off the Swans. Win at least two of those three um, to stay alive. And obviously win on Saturday night. And, and we need teams, I think, the Bulldogs and the Essendons to sort of, uh, well, except when Bulldogs play us. To, yeah, basically. Yep, um, absolutely. And look, there's, who would have thought the Bulldogs would beat Geelong? And who would have thought St Kilda would beat Melbourne? Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a fool's errand coming up with a, a ladder in advance. Um, but there's going to be some, yeah, really huge games. Like, say... Uh, GWS 
knocks over West Coast this week, unlikely given it's in Perth, but they've got the wobbles a bit. They're right in the mix as well. Uh, uh, West Coast, as in? Uh, G- GWS will be right in the mix as well. And yep. yet, y- y- fair point, West Coast will start to come in the mix as well. Yeah, well, that's be, what, that's what I'm saying. Like... Well, GWS are on the way up. So yeah. um, at the moment, I reckon it comes down to three of Geelong, Hawthorne, North, us, GWS, and Adelaide. Never so three heard. of those six will make it. Um, and on the current way it stands, I don't reckon we'll be one of them. Well, uh, certainly after last week, look, the, 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 it would have been nice to have won one of the Collingwood or, or Port. Uh, we didn't, but we had to. <laughs> we had to win this week. That uh, that just really sort of was the first nail in the coffin for us. Yeah, and look, we just need results to start going our way, um, and we've got those opportunities. Geelong in Geelong is not. An impossibility. Uh, it is if it is on a historical record, but in real life, even Carlton gave them a scare there, uh, and Sydney beat them there. I think um, you know, so that's not completely out of the the realm. I've factored in, you know, Adelaide to beat us in Adelaide. So switch that around the other way, puts us a game closer. Factored us in beating GWS, Ooh. but if you you know, if so we knock we're off more, Sydney, we're more likely to beat to beat uh, West Coast over there than GWS in the last round. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, we all know it's going to happen in the GWS game. It's, uh, Scully's going to oh, is he back by off. then? He's, he he's will be. Yeah. Even if he's not, he'll, he'll make sure he's available. <laughs> he'll he'll roll on in a wheelchair in the the last two <laughs> minutes and uh, just gently dribble through a goal oh. from the square. You're talking about melting down of servers. Uh, that'll do yep. it. <laughs> well, that's uh, sports hosts. <laughs> round 23. I might get some, I might round up some foreign visitors and get them to uh, kick off a carnival of hate. Yeah. <laughs> and then we could have a reversible one. So the front of the banner is against Scully and then the back of the banner is against Goodwood. <laughs> so that no matter what happens, we'll be covered. Um, do you think if we, if we, do not make the finals. Um, how does that look for the for the coach? Look, it depends. If we if we go twelve and ten, and he's basically twenty four twenty over two years, and he's missed the finals twice. Yeah, that's. I, I would find it hard to hold it against him that yeah. we didn't just play a token final somewhere. As much as I am desperate to play a yeah. token final, um, yeah, look, if we go into free fall from here. It's one thing, but I think if we do finish with a 12 and 10 record and we miss out just by the virtue of what's above us, look, you can question coaches and we all will, but it's still a pretty bloody good record. Next year, that's when the heat comes yeah, on. Uh, yeah, definitely. What if, what if that's, the wheels fall off and we finish 12th or 11th? Well, he's not going to get sacked. No. So, no. There's, you know. We can all, again, argue it. We can ask the questions. We can punch on about selection and tactics till the cows come home. But when people come out and say, you know, thanks for your services, Simon, look, he's not going to get sacked. So we need to cop what we cop this year and then save our uh, vitriol for next season when it gets to about round round eight or nine and the the coach sacking season starts. we're three and six. Correct. And that's when, uh, again, put another server on. You'll be up to about 50 by that point. 
um, I think that's when it gets crucial. And you know, if it gets to that point, it's obviously full crisis mode because we've our up trajectory will have stalled and started plummeting like a faulty airliner. Um, but I still think this team's got the building blocks. It's got the right blocks. It's just got Swiss cheese style holes in it at the moment. Mm. Um, that if we don't start filling them, we're not going to get better. I, I don't see how we get that much worse with this team because it's not like you've got a huge amount of older players who are about to go off the cliff. Like if you look back to 2010, I won't say 2011 because that had other other issues, but 2010, you look at the age profile of that team, you had kids, but then you had mm. James McDonald, you had Brad Green, Aaron, da- uh, Aaron Davies still, that were all about to go off the cliff. Whereas now we don't have that. We've got Jones, Vince, Lewis. Other than that, we've got that massive group of players who are set for the next five or six years. I don't want you to replay this in a year and say, <laughs> what the hell were you talking about? But I, I fail to see how we can go backwards. But I don't, it's not an instant guarantee that we're going to go forwards. Yeah, there's too much talent to sort of go into a 2012 or 13 type um, horror show. So, exactly. Like there's, there, you just could, couldn't happen, but I think expectations are so high now that even a sub-2013 style meltdown um, would lead to the same sort of carnage. Well, thanks for that uh, grim view of uh, the future. Um, if I wasn't depressed uh, before then, I certainly am now. <laughs> Prove me wrong, boys. <laughs> Prove me wrong. And the the... Is, oh, the ladder predictor is back on the uh, on the AFL website. I didn't realise that, so I might have to do some of my own calculations. And uh, there's quite a good one that was on the on the thread, um, the ladder predictor thread on on Demonland. That's better than the AFL website one. Um, I think the AFL website has stuffed themselves up by leaving uh, leaving their one off so long. I think this bootleg one that's been going around is is uh, a much better much better to use. Do you know where this bootleg... Oh, it's on that you said it's in the thread. Yeah. It's, it's someone, I'm sure someone will post it in the chat room. It's a squiggle something. Anyway, squiggle ladder predictor. That would be the one. I Yeah, I like a good good ladder predictor. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, that'll... I, I saw a, um, a Carlton supporter, I think, uh, last week had, or a week or two ago had done, done a ladder predictor saying... Um, that they did a prediction and they could still make the finals if results go their way. <laughs> well, that's good news for them. Uh, wishful thinking, uh, I think. Um, boys, anything else? Uh, any good news that uh, you can maybe uh, give us and our, our listeners uh, so we can end on a, a higher note? Fife uh, and Sandlands are injured. <laughs> you, you know what? That it, Injuries to key players in the past haven't always helped us. Uh, I, That's true. And, and often when they get injured in the middle of the game, it does, still doesn't help us. Yeah, because yes. invariably they, they go off on, on a stretcher and still come back on against us for some reason. Someone um, you've never heard of comes on and <laughs> kicks six or something. Or Gary Ayres goes to full forward on one leg <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and kicks a bag full against you. Well, uh, I, I, this week is a week for misery, but by next Monday, we're either going to be significantly more miserable or we're going to have some light at the end of the tunnel. I think whatever happens, even if we were to only win, beat Fremantle by a goal... 
you've got the Darwin factor. You've got us. We'll just be happy to get out of that with a win. Um, if we lose, carnage, chaos, sack everybody, hold an AGM, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I think all we need to do is just get through this with a win by any means necessary and then reboot for the next week, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is Geelong in Geelong no, and then Adelaide no, in Adelaide. No, so You're missing the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. We've got Bulldogs, oh, then Geelong. Sorry to the Bulldogs. Well, <laughs> who, that's important as well because uh, they seem to be back in well, some sort of form. Exactly. We, we're getting... And their banner can hurt you as well. <laughs> they can. They're nasty. No, I think some, that some guy. Badly written banter. I think that guy no longer works for the club. The one that did the witty uh, okay. banners. He always needed an editor. I thought the gags were, were quite good. <laughs> Poorly expressed did, and articulated. Like, look at our ba- our messages on our banner, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the Demon Army banners. They don't go for comedy. They don't go for cheap shots at the opponents. But the rhymes always work perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and the design is always beautiful, and the kerning. <laughs> The letters are always lined perfectly. There's the right space between them. Other cheer squads should take notice of our one. Well, I noticed St Kilda seemed very lazy with their banner. They've got one of those uh, banners that isn't made out of crepe paper. It is just one of those that just parts in the middle like the Red Sea. Which is a disgrace. It is. What's Teams that do that. Teams that have a curtain... <laughs> Are cheating, and the bigger the bigger the curtain, the worse. There was a couple of years ago where Carlton had a curtain so large that players were trying to like hit it with their hand, as like, and they couldn't reach it. It just split. You could you could have flown a seven four seven through it. It's true though. There's never been a mistake on the Melbourne banner. They they use like a cheer a cheer squad style guide to write the <laughs> um to write the script. So it's uh it's word perfect every week. That, that's literally the probably the one thing that we lead the league in is quality <laughs> of banner design, and I will argue that with anybody that we are the best banner designing team in the competition. Uh, is there an award for that? Uh... If not, there should be. Well, I think yeah, we've well, been doing uh, holding banner watch on Demon Blog for about four years, and I think the only time I ever lodged a defeat was when we did a uh, "We Get Knocked Down But We Got Up Again." I hate that song with a passion. <laughs> was so that I gave, cir- I gave the victory to Hawthorne? Was that circa nineteen ninety eight? Did they use that? Uh, <laughs> no, that's the worst thing. It was about circa two thousand and fourteen. Oh wow, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's a nice uh, callback. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they might have just so. lost interest in the season. I think that was the day I lost interest in that season as well. Oh, well, that banner talk has certainly lifted uh, my my spirits. Uh, boys, is there anything else uh, before we uh, go go out? Uh, Stock uh, up don't... on canned food and um, armaments because it could be a big next week. It certainly will. Um, are we on TV? <laughs> <laughs> so they do they do they be Foxtel. Foxtel seem to do the the Darwin game on the Saturday night. Yep. Got a couple of uh Saturday night games I think coming up because I think the Geelong game is also yes. Saturday night and the Adelaide game I think the following week after that is also a Saturday night. So um no going out partying for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not till after the game. <laughs> I'll be in bed by then. <laughs> I'm still tossing up whether to go to Geelong or not. It's um, it, it's not a a fun trip to make, uh, especially when I think I've, I'm about 480 points in the hole in my career. 
going to Cadinia Park. Well, you, you uh, had so almost, still tossing up. One of those games is is almost uh, half of <laughs> half of that. I, I well, gather. plus two of them are about three hundred between them because <laughs> there was that last round of oh, Paul yes. Ruse's last game as well. <laughs> um, then there was the one where we kicked about three, got four, three or four goals for the whole day, and Shannon Burns got two of them, and it just pissed <laughs> down raining all day, and I just stood there in the the pissing rain. Uh, yeah, not convinced that it's the best use of my time to, to cart myself down to Cadinia Park that night. But uh, who knows, on the day I might get excited, uh, spend outrageous amounts on a general admission ticket to stand on a concrete terrace with lunatics. Well, has it changed there now with the new stand? I, I, have... I think there's less general admission. Oh, less general admission. Wow. Yeah, less general admission. Mind you, last time I went to Kidney Park, the Melbourne fans were worse behaved than the Geelong fans, so <laughs> that was something. Who would have thought uh, that could be possible? Yeah, I guess, yeah, siege mentality when they were so, when they were so outnumbered, <laughs> they were just, just ripping out the most offensive things possible while the team was going, uh, going down at 100 miles an hour. But... We look back to that uh, that game where we, we wrecked Corey Enright's 300th uh, a few years ago and the, the Max Gorn-Jake Spencer. Combination. W- a <laughs> remarkable ruck duo where at least one of them one of them went on with it. Uh, it's it's not completely uh, off the cards that, that we could spring an upset there, but it depends what happens, I reckon, the next couple of weeks, uh, whether there'll be any chance of that happening. Jeffy had a good game that week too, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. He kicked a he kicked a ripper of a goal, yeah. I reckon, from sort of spinning around in the in the pocket and either kicking it over his shoulder or he did yep. something uh, he did something remarkable that day. Um, yeah, they're not they're not unbeatable there, and they're not a top top team this year. Nope. Um, they're right in our bracket, so that would be a great chance to um, to to get a game back that we probably didn't expect to win. Um, and put them right in, right in the mix to miss the eight as well. So that is a solid gold eight-pointer, um, and the Adelaide game most likely will be the same. So hopefully we just get through these next couple of weeks, do what we have to do, uh, and then go into those games, you know, having found a couple of weeks of, of form in the back line, a couple of weeks of structure, and you know, a couple of weeks more of refining the tactics so that we don't get burnt off like... Carl Lewis running against your grandma, um, like St Kilda did to us, well, and can really tackle those games with um, with confidence. Well, as you said, though, it's those eight point games that are really going to be important. I mean, every game is important in terms of the four points, but in terms of that ladder position, they're they're, they're going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah, and look, we we prob- balance of probability says we're going to lose to West Coast in Perth. There could be another. Tom McDonald style miracle, but chances are we're going to lose that. Every other game for the year is winnable. Um, Sydney at the G is not a terrifying prospect. Adelaide and Adelaide's not a terrifying prospect, nor, nor is Geelong. Uh, you just got to make sure that we don't pull the same kind of shambles against Gold Coast, for instance, as last Why week so or, terrified of or the Bulldogs. Um, we just got to get through these next couple of weeks and hopefully win well, but without risking things and doing things that might backfire on us, find that form and find those tactics that are going to carry us through the rest of the year and then have a proper bash at the run home. Geelong, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Sydney, West Coast, GWS. Oh, I would say yeah, all but the West Coast game in Perth. 
I would at least be half confident of winning. Great, Viney. You uh, questioned uh, Super Macau. Yeah, why, why are you so scared of Perth and West Coast? Uh, history. <laughs> you they don't are, think they're they are, fallible, to be though, fair, now? They have started to, to turn a bit, so we might get them at the right time. Mm. Um, I Look, like I said, if it wasn't for last year, I would never believe that we'd ever win in the state of Western Australia ever again, but it has been done. Um, but I just think that that's the only one that will start like rank outsiders in. Yeah, but I'm I just not sure that they're all they're cracked up to be now that uh, Kennedy and you know and Darling are both missing. So, how long are they out for though? They're likely to are they out for the season or what? Would that, they'll be back, won't they? This, this, we're seven weeks away from playing yeah. them, so even a good old fashioned <laughs> four to six won't save us. Yeah. So, I look, I, I wouldn't say it all, all's lost. Like I said, this is a week for us to, you know, kick the cat and try and get everyone sacked. But it's really what happens on Saturday night is going to be the crucial decider of which way this season's at be least nice going to start heading. Whether it ends up there is another question. It'd be nice to get some more percentage, wouldn't it, this week? Well, I said that uh, this, <laughs> this week and that didn't work out uh, too well for us. Uh, my, we, my first focus on this is any means necessary by 1 to 191 points, any margin will do me. If we keep winning, we don't need percentage. So um, Correct. And we did, to be fair, we did build up a, a decent bag of it uh, in, those, in the glory weeks. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, on my, on my admittedly done-on-the-vibe ladder predictor, um, I've got us finishing you know, 4% below Geelong, but in fr- well in front of North, just in front of Hawthorne, and massively in front of GWS and Adelaide. So, yeah, it would be our bad luck if it came down to us versus Geelong and we got knocked out on percentage with, with a superior percentage to all the other teams around us. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Just just win, baby. <sighs> Now you've made me depressed again. <laughs> I need a, a feel Would you like story. to talk about banners again? <laughs> yeah. Should have finished on the banners. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the importance of kerning when you write when when Clint Bartram was getting his name written on the banner. Well, what uh, what font do they use for <laughs> for the banners? I know what for. Yeah, I'm not sure what the exact <laughs> font is, but it's a lovely. Font. It's it's a it's a bold font. It's you look at some of these banners, and the font is very weedy. It's kind of a it looks like, you know, Times New Roman 10, whereas our font's got, got oomph. It's got impact. I think, yep. I think we need to get someone from the cheer squad back on and uh, talk, about, uh, talk about banner making. Um, oh, I, would, uh, I would suggest uh, that I would listen to that 12 <laughs> times over because I love the subject so much. Have you, Can I just... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go, Andy. No, I was just going to ask, have you kept a... a, a uh, does anybody has anybody kept a record of the uh, what's been I've written got on the banner book? There's actually an official banner book which was put out, I think, by the league in maybe the mid '90s, and it's got a whole selection classed under different sort of categories. So some were political, and oh. the others were funny. Some some now look obscenely racist. And- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, but yeah, small. The, um, very I believe small the Demon book. Army's Facebook page has a an album going back. That how you far? Can go back because at one point I was going back and putting all the uh, the the right banners on the Demon Wiki pages for that uh, 
for that game, and I was pinching them from the uh, from the Demon Army Facebook group. So they're all in there, and uh, a few a few classic old school ones as well. Like uh, I think it was was it our mission beat beat Footscray, then worry about the good teams. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's North sorry, Melbourne yeah. legends in their own lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that one. <laughs> bye bye pies with a random Bart Simpson on it from the early nineties, just because <laughs> it was the early nineties and you wanted to put Simpsons things on everything. <laughs> well, uh, I did uh, realise what would get me out of this funk, um, and that was when you mentioned Demon Wiki. So then I rem- remembered our our favourite game of uh, random image uh, selection, and. Um, I click onto the page and it's um, it's someone probably from the uh, the late eighteen hundreds <laughs> in one of those lace up. Well, we were uh, approaching a flag. <laughs> yes, and the ball, era, so ball looks all... almost round that he's holding. Um, I bet you he broke one of his fingers in those laces, just like the later players <laughs> later players did. I'd just like to say I have done the random and I've got the greatest one of all time. It's uh, someone in a banana suit with a Melbourne jumper on the front that says Pioneer Homes, <laughs> high-fiving kids in front of a Tabaret sign at the MCG. I'm going to put this on Twitter. I didn't even know I had this photo. <laughs> and I love that. How I love how Dallas Normington is still on the top pages. Um... He's still number one. I think he's got uh, good cut through with like Russian spammers. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Super Mikado, you want to uh, plug uh, your uh, variety of um, things to yes, plug? Naturally. <laughs> uh, of course, demonblog.com. Uh, we're, we're seeking input into the future, uh, future format of the Demon Bracket competition, mm. which you may be aware of. So well, there's, a, there's a post Controversial up there about changes. That. Do you want to talk about the Demon Bracket? Uh, well, uh, it, for those who don't know it, it's a, it's a knockout competition of the uh, the Melbourne list so that we come out and we decide who the favourite player is for the, for the fans. Uh, format's been the same for a few years. A lot of massacres, a lot of, you know, hard-fought wins to rookie-listed players in the preliminary round, and then they run into, like, Jack Viney and lose 120 to 3. <laughs> So I'm just looking to tweak it a bit so that so that your your rookies and your players who have played under ten games have to work a bit harder to get into the to the money matches. You, and so we only get the best of the best. So how the do, guns how does the format work? Is it a standard like um, uh, standard? Uh, do you rank do you rank them beforehand to, so that the top seated? Uh, yep. Players don't come up against each other in round one. So you got eight at the moment. You got eight seeds. So you got the pre, the previous winner, and then the top seven in the best and fairest are the eight seeds. And then you got the next twelve MFC game totals get a bye through to the first round, uh, and then you get everyone else starts in the preliminary round, uh, and then they start to all everyone comes in at the first round. So it's just moving those seeded players back a little bit. So that we don't get, uh, you know, Mitch King versus Jesse Hogan in the first in the second round, and uh, Mitch gets demolished. And so, uh, how does the voting work? Is this just on Twitter, or straight out? Uh, yes, head to head. It's it's a, it's a Twitter. It's our Facebook page. It's Big Footy. Uh, sorry, just cough there. Uh, so there's a few options on uh, on how people can vote. So that runs in sort of late January into February every year. 
uh, previous uh, winners. I think Max won it this year. Um, Tom McDonald, the great famous sizzle campaign of 2012 where he got right on Twitter and started lobbying lobbying the community to uh, to vote for him. And he, well, he was lobbying. He was. Oh, wow. Enthusiastically. <laughs> wow. He was hanging it on his teammates. He oh. was, you know, suggesting he was going to, you know, smack Jimmy Tumpus around. <laughs> it was great. It was one of the greatest runs because this 2013, sorry, 2013 this was. Uh, it, he came from nowhere to, uh, he knocked over Mitch Clark in the final. Um, and then ever since then, it, it, it's been more, it's been your more traditional winners. It's been Nathan Jones. It's been Jack Viney. It's been Max Gorn. Uh, so we're just hoping next year to ha- have a few more. After all the times I've complained about the AFL rigging competitions to enhance spectacle, that's exactly what we're doing. We're enhancing spectacle by changing the format of the competition. I like, I like it. Um, uh, so yes, so that's that's on Demon Blog. Uh, my my post obviously from the weekend. Uh, a link through to the the aforementioned Great Depression, uh, a book which. Seems a lot more relevant now than it did a few weeks ago. Um, so I've got a couple of copies of that. Uh, I think I've got three copies lying around now that Amazon's cracked the sads and won't send you uh, won't send you a copy of it anymore because it comes from America. Uh, so if anyone wants to grab a copy of that, they can do that on there. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Demon Blog, where I'm about to press send on the picture of the banana. Right. So uh, the great you said you mentioned Amazon that that what they were sending it from America. Yeah. Well, because it's on-demand publishing, Yeah, effectively what they do is when someone orders it, they just hit the button, publish a copy, and send it to you from Amazon. So you buy it on Amazon, or you did buy it on Amazon, like you would buy anything else, Uh, and they just do, they just hit the button, print a copy, send it out to you. But now, because they won't send you from America, you can't do it that way. Uh, and there is a link on the Australian Amazon. You can buy the Kindle version, uh, and I don't know how there's a link for it for like $80, to pay $80 for it on the Australian version, but it's through a store, so it's kind of like, well, where did the store get it from? I have no <laughs> idea. I, I don't know if it's like an American store who gets the order and then does a print, does an order through the Amazon site to themselves and then sends it out to you. But either way, don't buy it that way. Don't not buy a hard copy of it off the uh, Amazon Australia site, whatever you do. Um, but like I said, I've got three copies still lying around. So if anyone's interested, there's a there's a shot of the cover uh, on demonblog.com that they can click through. I can't remember whether I asked you this question before because it seems like something I would have asked, but I'm looking at the cover now. Did, did you get permission from the two gentlemen on the front? No, <laughs> and one of them was not happy about that. Oh, okay. uh, but unfortunately for him, that is a, uh, a photo purchased from Australia, uh, from AFL Photos. Yes. Um, and when you do enter a game, the conditions ah. say that effectively they can use your image with commercial partners. Uh, at their will. Yes. So uh, Did those it was a case of bad luck because, rules... and the only way he found out was because someone bought a copy and put his address. So he just like opened the mail one day oh. and went, what's this gigantic <laughs> package? And there he was on the front. Um, and like I said to him, that's an iconic photo. That's one of the great Melbourne photos what, what of game, all time. What game is that from? Embrace it. It's a Bulldogs game because the kid in the middle. Yep. It's got a bulldog's jumper on. Oh, which you can't so re- see in the... In yeah, the you can in, in the full-size full yeah. one. I reckon it was the bulldog's game where uh, 
was it the Bordeaux game where Mitch Clark fell on his head? It was a it was a night game. It was maybe a four forty Sunday was game. Was it the Bontempelli goal at the end? No, nah, no, it was, it was an MCG. It was an MCG four forty game, possibly the tribute game to Jim Steins. Yeah, I reckon it was that game. Uh, but, uh, it is a it's just an iconic photo. It's up there with the 1987 preliminary final photos, uh, yes. which are also famous, of course. Yes, um, I saw a few of those the other day. There was a, uh, was a post on the Twitter day, from yep. the, the VFL Park account, the parody account, and it was uh, Melbourne fans react. It was from May, and it was Melbourne fans react to the Premiership talk, and it was just all like those 1987 fans after the game. Oh, the, um, the, 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 the pictures from the TV where that yes, woman yes. Is, is standing up and, like, yes. hitting her hand. Yes. I love the jumper she's wearing. It's a navy blue jumper with a, with a little with a demon, demon logo, logo on it. Uh, yeah, and I can't tell from the footage I've seen. It, do you reckon that was official merch? I think so. It, it was. I used to have one of yeah, those. Yeah, um, I couldn't remember whether uh, Grapeviney, whether you had it or, um, or, or my dad had, had it. Oh, I don't know if I had it or my dad had it, but, uh, yeah, yep. I think it was official merch. I'd love to see to get some of those together, and I've got a lot here of uh, old newsletters, and but mostly sort of nineties and and before. There's not too many before the nineties. They were all sort of those. What were they called? Teamworks or Team Talk or whatever it was. They were all sort of four page, um, almost photocopied things. That there wasn't that merchandise catalogue um, that they tend to have now. But I would just love to look back at some of the merch they used to sell uh, sell before the 90s because there's got to be some rippers in there like that that quality knitwear. Uh, th- there's every possibility that uh, my dad still has um, that jumper in his closet. <laughs> yeah. I've I got to go over and have a look because uh, I don't think they throw much out. So <laughs> it's probably still there. Am Speaking of floating around, have you been following this story of the Thai kids, the Thai football team and their coach that's trapped underground in the um, cave in Thailand? Yeah, yeah I, I want, a, I want a, uh, an apology from my Year 7 teacher who uh, I got in trouble for refusing to go down a cave on Year 7 camp. <laughs> for that very 24 reason. years later, I've been proven right. Vindicated. Well, I was gonna, that would have happened to us on our pre-season camp, wouldn't it? Goody and 10 players... <laughs> trapped, uh, you know, lost, um, have to go to dive school while they're there to get out and save themselves. That would have happened to us for sure. And then, yeah, go to dive school and then come out and cop gags about staging from <laughs> nuffs on the internet for the rest of the year. Well, if the season ends uh, the way I'm thinking it might end, then uh, maybe that would have been a good thing. Down the cave we go. <laughs> Can we do a, a post-season camp? Uh the punishment camp. You do a postseason broadcast. Oh, well, we will be you doing. Do the cave cast. <laughs> um, I, you, are you plugging your your demon blog mega store that I can see on there? Well, I, I've teamed with my my new creative director uh, Ben Tyres off Twitter, who's a design mastermind, to uh, put together some novelty novelty D's merchandise. Uh, the only the only one on there at the moment is something to do with some television show that I have absolutely no idea of, uh, but it looks nice. Um, and I've just asked him if we can get one that just says "Veil of Negativity." 
<laughs> Possibly on like a black hoodie or something. Or just, just on white. a veil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could sell, uh... So I'm hoping to I'm hoping to wear veil of negativity merchandise before the end of the year. <laughs> so is he, um, uh, are, you, are you selling any of the? You know, obviously, have you sold uh, yes. any of their merchandise? Yes, several uh, several were were sold, uh, which is good. And also, you can see on there the the long lost uh, 2013 Not Guilty World Tour <laughs> Tenquiry <laughs> shirt that uh, raised about four hundred dollars for the club that year. Uh, not sure they knew that the four hundred dollar donation was because of t-shirts that were had a giant picture of a tank on them and said thanks for the memories uh, but they but they gratefully gratefully took the 400 and whatever dollars it was uh off my hands even though I ended up paying probably about $100 in extra postage because I was just stuffing them in the wrong sized Australia post envelope and they uh, they caught up with me and I got a letter addressed to the Demon Blog Megastore because that's what I was writing on the back of all the uh, all the envelopes and it was basically a bill saying you owe us Really, I didn't know sixty they bucks, did that. or maybe it was about sixty bucks or something for like extra postage because what the envelopes I was stuffing them into weren't supposed to be as large as you would need for a t-shirt. What were you just using a standard uh, normal envelope? Much, for yeah. envelope for a t-shirt. Yeah, just <laughs> folding them over and stuffing it in there, and it's you know supposed to go through you know, the eye of a needle to to be a legitimate parcel, and this wasn't so. That was. Uh, I wish I'd kept that because it was literally a letter from Australia Post that was addressed to the Demon Blog Megastore. <laughs> it's good to see that there's now Nev merchandise too. Yes, that was a request from somebody who said, oh, I don't want one that says Tom and Jack and Max and Jesse and Clayton. I just want one that says Nev, Nev, Nev and Nev. <laughs> Very good. So, Very good. yes, we, we like to uh, skirt the bounds of uh, AFL licensing agreements and uh, copyright. Well, they don't, they well don't have the copyright on names, uh, random names. So uh, Yeah, it could be any Nev. Yeah, that's right. It could be Neville Rand. <laughs> You'll be getting a, le- uh, a letter from his, uh, his lawyer. Um, the, the tank quarry the is, is out of uh, stock, I, I noticed. So. What's that? The, the, oh, the tank, tank quarry one? Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was a one-off, oh, okay. uh, a one-off um, run just for the... Just for that, because I actually got those printed, uh, whereas the ones now are, are on Redbubble, so it's just it just gets again, it's like the books; it just gets printed on demand. Um, but the actual T-shirts, yeah, could have probably sold a few more actually, but obviously I didn't want to end up with a house full of them. Yes, well. This talk has certainly lifted me out of my great depression. So uh, thank you. For, Let's get for out now. <laughs> get out before we start talking ladder predictions again. Um, Let's just escape in the tank yes. from the tank quarry. Look at the banana. Look at the banana high fiving people, and your spirits will be lifted even further. Where can we find that? Uh, that I've be just put it the... in the chat room. I've put the oh, link. I've been neglected. Sorry, oh, there's I, a good I, crowd I, there that day. Yeah. That's the red seats, obviously. I think, isn't it? Well, we had a banana in a Pioneer Homes <laughs> jumper. Like, so there's a good crowd there. <laughs> what was that? I, I would love to know what the story behind that promotion is because it's obviously not Pioneer Homes related. There was uh, another game that I've got. It was a Collingwood game. Uh, and it's probably from around this same time. And there's a fence advertising and it just says, Bananas. 
Okay, so <laughs> That's maybe all just bananas. So possibly around the same time. Maybe all the banana growers of Australia gathered together and <laughs> chipped in yeah, the banana game. See, where's, the what's ad. his country game rubbish? Yes, in the Geelong, we're bloody selling bananas. Should be our game. Oh, anyway, I've I'm, just seen in the chat that someone said to test me for drugs, so I'll, I think I might, uh, <laughs> I might pull out here before the Asada people show up, and I end up doing a, a Clayton Oliver and missing the flight because I can't take a whiz. I, I just because uh, I'm on your uh, Twitter page at the moment, I did notice um, a, a, a something that you put up uh, the other day about the uh, weird event that's uh, foolishly scheduled just before we play Geelong, and that is uh, public crying at Fed Square. Will Will you be uh, joining me? Uh, if, if I go to Geelong, <laughs> it's perfect timing because it runs from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and the game's at sort of 7 p.m. So you could go. Walk to the. You could do the reverse walk to the G. <laughs> you could go there. You could, you know, soak up a bit, and just bang straight onto the train to Geelong. Yeah, you'll have. Uh... And then public crying in Geelong about four hours later. <laughs> yes. Oh, we laugh about it now, but we will be crying about it later. Hopefully, that's not. true. That's true. I did say before one eight six when Casey lost by one hundred and twenty points. I actually, I actually said the words. At least it's not going to get any worse than that. <laughs> Famous, uh, famous last uh, words. And with that, some uplifting music from 1988. Uh, good times. This will cheer anyone up. <laughs> How can it not? All right. Uh, just thank you, Super Mercado. Thank you, Grape Viney. Thank you, uh, Darren from Sports Hosts. Um, well, we'll be back next week. And I'll give um, actually ourselves a plug, uh, demonland.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, just type in Demonland, you'll get us, or YouTube and uh, listen to a couple of our uh, fantastic interviews that we've done over the last uh, two years. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, go Demons. <laughs>